Welcome to the Snapshot Testimony Podcast. This is a podcast that explores the pivotal moments that shape a life of faith in Christ. I'm your host, Allie Domersant, and this week I have Bart Millard with me. You may know him as the lead singer of the group Mercy Me. They're the band behind so many of your favorite Christian songs, including the classic I Can Only Imagine. It remains one of the best-selling Christian songs of all time, even inspired a movie a couple years ago by the same name, which told Bart's incredible life story. Now, in this episode, Bart is sharing a personal story of the week his oldest son, Sam, was diagnosed with diabetes. Of course, as a dad, he was heartbroken. But then came an unexpected phone call that strengthened his faith in a major way and reminded him that God still had a great plan for his son. The week my oldest son, who's now 20, Sam, when he was diagnosed with diabetes at two and uh, went from being in the hospital for a week, supposed to do a Billy Graham crusade, and was in tears because I just couldn't leave my son. And I get a call from Billy Graham and there, it was in Pasadena, California at the Rose Bowl. I'm in Dallas and I get a call and they said, hey, can we just fly you out for a couple hours because Dr. Graham wants to pray for your son. Oh, wow. And um, I had my whole family was my son. And so I, I, they sent a plane, picked me up, flew me out to the Rose Bowl. I walked out and uh, they, you know, there's, hundred thousand people already in the stands and they, and, and we get up in on the field and there's a stage with two of these kind of covered tents on both sides. And one side has all this media and security and it's like a big to do. And then the other side's empty. And this handler walks us to the wrong side, the empty side. I'm like, we're going to miss, like, he's over there. What are they doing or whatever? And so we're just sitting there watching all these people interact with somebody. And all of a sudden we hear behind us, uh, Dr. Graham's like, sometimes you got to, not tell the right hand what the left hand's doing. And I turn and it's just the five of us alone with Dr. Graham while they're all thinking he's going to be over there. <laughs> and, uh, and I just, I'm never met him. I'm just like, you know, awestruck. And he puts his hand on the back of my neck and says, I just want to pray for Sam. And when he said my son's name, I, I mean, I feel like he had to hold me up. I just lost it. And, uh, and just to hear him pray for my son and say his name over and over, um, man, I, could hardly tell you what he actually said. I was so in awe. And, and what's crazy is when we were finished, he was like, you don't have to sing a thing. You can go back to be your son if you want to. And I, I was like, like he expected nothing. And so we, we actually did stay and we got up and sang, I can only imagine. And then as soon as I was done, a police escort took me back to the plane. I was home by, I think 12, 1230 at night, that same night. And just walked in like, I remember walking back in the hospital and I was like, you are not going to believe what just happened. And it was like, I mean, if for something so, your first child, two years old, for something so heavy and just, it wrecked me when someone said they can't fix your son. Yeah. And for God to show up in the most epic way. And I mean, it's like it was just, I mean, you can't script that. And it's like, you can't, and it's just like, it's not only like, Hey, somebody prayed for him, but like to have all of that happen was like, if, if that didn't change the trajectory of my life, I don't know what will. (laughs) Wow. So what, how did God use that prayer? Like what happened from that point on? It was an encouragement in your spirit was, how did you see the Lord use that? Man, I think for me, it was an affirmation because every parent, like I, I hope every parent believes that God has something incredibly 
special in store for their child. Yeah. Um, uh, when something like that happens and as a parent, you start thinking that something's broken, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, it can, it can shatter you pretty quick. And I, parts of the prayer I remember is him just saying that, you know, that, that, um, that God has always been intentional and, um, and the, and expressing the excitement of seeing what Sam be, is going to become, how God's going to use this. It was like a Braveheart moment, and it and I I needed it so desperately, you know, to, you know, to discover he had it maybe four days before, and we're still in the hospital, and to to hear someone like Doctor Graham, are you kidding me, to say that this is a rally cry, and this is a this is, I mean, I I wanted to charge hell with a water pistol after that. Of course, yeah. I went I went home and and uh yeah, it was like you know, just my whole attitude changed. The sense of hopelessness became. God put this in our lap for a reason. I don't know what it is, whether it's the fact that we can take care of him financially and spiritually, we're going to do everything we can. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, and I've tried to pour that into Sam saying, man, you know, God didn't curse you. He set you apart. And, 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 um, you know, he's 20 now and, and, uh, it's, yeah, yeah, of course that, that moment was such a massive moment. When you, when you asked me about, you know, what's the moment in life like that, it came to me immediately. It's the first thing that came to mind. I love that. Have you, I'm sure you've talked about this with Sam. Does he understand the gravity of that? I mean, he was, he, obviously he was so young at the time, uh, but what does he say about it? Yeah, we, we, I told him about it when he was young and, and just didn't think about what he was comprehending or not. But when Dr. Graham passed away, I did a, a real lengthy post about it mm-hmm. and he brought it, he kind of brought it up like, Hey, and I was like, Oh man, we haven't talked about this in ages. And he kind of knew and stuff. And I was like, dude. I was like, that's when everything changed. That's when I was like, uh, you know, that, you know, I believe God has something special and amazing plan for all of my kids, but yours, yours started off pretty dang strong. And, uh, and yeah. And so, and he was just like, you know, for him, it was more of him comprehending. Like one of the things I tell my kids a lot is that, uh, I was in an airport years ago and, uh, some diplomat from some country in Africa was walking through and everybody started stepping aside like it was royalty. And I'm the nerd walking down the middle of the airport, not paying attention, like what's going on or whatever. And they're like, move, it's so-and-so. And it was pretty profound. Cause I was like, I, it's not that I didn't care. I just didn't know who he was. Mm-hmm. And, and the second they explained it to me, I stepped out of the way. And, and it's funny how much we, we, if just simply not knowing who it is or whatever is sometimes the reason we react the way we do. And when I was looking at my son, I was like, he didn't really know Billy Graham the way I would have, you know, you know, he kind of knew of him and here, uh, but you know, I was, had a chance to like trying to explain like, man, this is like a, you know, a, this dude is like a patriarch. He's, he's the guy. And, and it's like, and it was funny cause I tell him all the time. I was like, Hey man, like a lot of times, like the fact that we can stand around Jesus, I could stand around that diplomat, but until I understand who he is, not much is going to happen. Not much is going to change. And, and, uh, but that was one of those kind of teachable moments of like, yeah. yeah, before I explain to you what happened, you need to know exactly who Billy Graham was. And yeah. And then he got it and he was like, holy cow, this is, you know, but if I just told him he didn't know, he'd be like, so you flew to the Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl's cool. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, it is so interesting when you do think about culturally when people talk about Jesus and it's sometimes it's very cavalier sort of way, or people talk about, you know, the guy upstairs or all of these sort of casual ways that culturally we reference God. 
um, where there's a, truly a failure to appreciate who he is. Therefore, people have no need for reverence or for right. worship or for honor because they don't get who he is. You know? right. So how much of your music and your mission is about helping people to have a proper recognition of who it is we're singing about and talking about? Well, it's a huge part for us. It's not only that, but also, you know, just trying to explain like who we are because of him and our identity in Christ. And, you know, there used to be a time where I would get so frustrated and so offended, like when, when it's people were being disrespectful or just didn't care or whatever. And like, I'm supposed to be the guardian of the faith. Like he ever needs me to do that. And then when I started realizing that it's just, it's simply, they just don't know who he is. Like, why would, like I do it with, pop bands that my kids love, I'm like, what's the big deal? Because I just don't know. And it allows me to show a lot of grace understanding that. It's like, well, of course they don't act any different because they don't know him. And so I'm, and I try to teach my kids that too. And so our, we just need to, you know, just show them who he is and not necessarily whether it's preaching or but living our lives, like live in a way that they're like, Hey, I don't know what you have, but I want it. And I said, that's when things change. It's just, you know, that's the whole point of being the example, being like Christ. But I used to get so aggravated when I thought people were intentionally disrespecting. I'm like, and maybe they are, but it still comes down to they just don't know who he is. And I don't mean just they don't know him from a salvation standpoint. They don't understand what they're dealing with. They don't understand, who, you know what I mean? And and so, yeah, it definitely changes uh, the, the approach, I guess, if you will. Yeah. I mean, one thing we talk about um, on our morning show here in Chicago is how you know, we live among so many people who've never heard, never had a fair shot at the gospel. I mean, yeah. you, you think in a, in a country where there's so many churches and so much Christian music and material available, but yet when you, and I see this in conversation all the time, there's such a misunderstanding of what it, what the gospel really is. Mm-hmm. And there's all of these sort of, oh, well, maybe it means you go to church or maybe being a Christian means you do things or don't do things or you support this or you don't support that. How do we get to the point where we really keep the make the gospel really clear in a place where it's everywhere, but yet people don't get it? Man, I mean, personally, um, for me, um, the biggest challenge and the biggest return, if you will, is just trying to live my life the way Jesus would want me to, to live a life of integrity, to to be loved to a lot of people, man. Like I grew up in a very legalistic system to where it's like, and I'll never forget as long as I live as like a teenager, we, we have youth group, our youth group would go out and try to witness to people and give them tracks. And it was like, and it was literally, it, it felt like we're like, you know, you better accept Jesus. You're going to go to hell. Like it was so mean. And I remember literally in a Taco Bell and we handed a track and we're like, you better do it. And then we ran off cause we were scared. And I remember him saying, if heaven's full of you people, I choose hell. And I was like, what in the world are we doing? And so I've never forgotten that. And it's like, and so, you know, uh, to love people the way Jesus would and does and and uh, to make, the, I, I would way rather have somebody go, there's something different about you. What is it? Then have the a million dollar sermon and be able to do that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's, so it's just by example is the biggest thing in my personal experience is like, um, you know, it's, it's, it's time, it's, it's, it's community, it's, it's walking with them and not just, you know, have crossing paths with them and showing them that, Hey, I'm there for you. And, you know, no matter what, I don't care what you believe I'm there for you regardless. And those are the things I think that pay off more than anything. 
Yeah, no, with the with I can only imagine, and then the success of your movie. So many people now are very, very familiar with your story. Do you find that that makes it easier or or harder? Do people now have hear your music or approach you with this different expectation now that it's kind of all out there through the book and the movie, or does yeah. that actually make it easier? I would say it's a little and in both at times, like. Um, <laughs> The, the 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 easier part would be that we had a lot of success with Imagine like in early 2000s and it went to mainstream and we kind of had this moment where it was like, you know, we're doing this church show and then we're doing Jay Leno and we're going back and we we're doing so many shows. And then uh, I can't say that we ever just knew to slow down and enjoy it. Like some of parts I wouldn't wish on my worst enemy. And then the movie thing happened years later and didn't know what was going to happen. And when all that stuff happened, we had the wisdom to realize, hey, let's slow down. Like, this is like, yeah, this is we're in overtime and this feel it's just, just enjoy it. And and so, yes, it, it's been cool. Um, it's just, you know, after years later, people definitely approach me and and will bring it up. And it just depends on where my headspace is. Sometimes I'm like, man, this is awesome. And then sometimes it's like. I just need to turn the switch off just for a second and, and not be on all the time. So it depends on what day it is. Most of the time it's awesome. Like, you know, and the hard one, like if I'm at the airport about to go to show, whatever, it's great. Or if it's a day or whatever, when I'm home and like we take all summer off and there'll be moments like I'm in a grocery store with my kids and, and they'll stop and I'll take the time to talk to them. But I'm just like, okay, I have to remind myself, okay, be patient. Like, you know, they, it's just, it's not a, I never want to be a guy that feels put out or whatever. And, but sometimes it's tough. It's, you know, it's a, it's a, yeah. Sometimes you just want to kind of, you know, f yeah, just flip the switch and yeah. kind of be invisible at times. Which probably when you kind of going back to the story you shared early, earlier with someone like, uh, like Billy Graham, yeah. you know, when, when ministry is also kind of, when it's both kind of becomes so your life and ministry, it all kind of blends together. And it, it pro probably the experience you have now probably makes you appreciate what he did so much more. Oh, no question. No question. Right? Yeah. The, the fact that, you know, what I do is so minuscule compared to the ministry that Dr. Graham had. And just the fact that he would remotely take time because, hey, you know, they had a thousand bands that were going to play. Hey, this band can't make it because his son you know, just found out he was diabetic. And I mean, a phone call, uh, a, a note, any of that would have changed my life, but to go to that length. And it was one of those things to where um, the band was already out there. And so they just literally just flew me out to catch up with them. And then to say, man, don't, don't even sing. You don't have to, you know, and it's just like, and he genuinely mean it. It was just, who takes the time to do that? And, and, and after so many years of being faithful, it was, I under—I mean, I think I understood then, but now I even appreciate more the, the kind of the brevity of the whole thing was like, wow, he could have really done it in such a simpler way and I would have been changed, but this is over the top. Snapshot Testimony is a Moody Radio podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, can you take a minute to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform? Your feedback is so vital to the growth of any new podcast. And I really like hearing from you. I'm your host, Allie Domersant, and together we're sharing the moments that shape a life of faith in Christ.